Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, joined by John DeShazer on this lovely Wednesday morning. We're going to have a quick little episode here trying to get JD off and to the California IA. I don't know why I feel so cool saying it like that. I just do. And I've I don't said know it. either. <laughs> I said it every time. Uh, we have a great show for everyone today. Uh, I'm going to throw some curveballs at JD today. I want to go over um, the episode of Hard Knocks last night that he watched and I didn't. I also would like to talk about his top songs about California. I have mine prepared, but he does not have his prepared. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. And of course, we'll talk about the joint practices between the Chargers and the upcoming preseason game. JD, how are you this morning? Now that I've thrown all these curveballs hey, at I'm you, I'm great. I didn't watch all the hard knocks, but I watched enough of it to see Antonio Brown's feet. So I guess that's the whole show. You tweeted much. about it. I just tweeted about the little part that I saw. Oh I saw his gosh. feet. I was very. I was expecting you to have watched the whole thing. Uh, I was excited to get your quick recap. I watched a decent amount of it, I guess. All right, give me your highlights. Well, I mean, I the highlights is uh, Antonio Brown's kind of taking over the show. Um, who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, who would have thought? And they didn't talk that much about the helmet thing, I guess, because it might have happened more recently yeah. than taping. But, you know, most of it was about his feet. Uh, so he is back in camp. And then, you know, just the regular hard knock stuff. Um, They talked to um, him. I saw a kid who looks like an intriguing prospect, a tight end, who looked uh, very, very good. But he's had some ups and downs, as rookies do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and those kinds of things. I just like the I like really the kind of behind the scenes things. Um, Brinson Buckner, uh, the defensive line coach, is turning into the, a TV star for me just because of you know the rawness that he addresses his players with. I, I you know I like a little cussing, and so he does that. And but he tells it to him straight. You know he's like, hey, if you don't do this, you know you you're here now. But if you don't do this, you won't be here. So those are the kinds of things that I like to hear. I'm sure all coaches do that, but he seems to be the one that adds the most flavor to it. And uh, interesting, John Gruden, the head coach. Um, at one point, I think he's. I think it was him who said, "I got to stop cussing so much," because he, you know, he lets them fly too. But you know, it's it's what you would expect out of a hard knocks with the Raiders, them being the you know quote unquote you know renegade franchise that they've been for you know forever in the NFL. Uh, but yeah, they've got some intriguing storylines. Um, you know, you like Derek Carr; he's a likable guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it's it's really kind of Antonio Brown and and the Raiders. You can almost you know put it that way. It's almost like you know Michael Jackson and the Jackson Five or something like that. I mean, he's kind of the headliner, and really that's the only reason to watch. And I just I didn't know if they were actually gonna. I mean, they got right to it too. I mean, like early, early in the show, he was like, you know, you want to see him, you want to see him, and he pulled off his socks, and yeah. his feet looked. Look like he's been. Yeah, I saw the picture on Twitter. Yeah, he looks like he's been walking barefoot uh, on cold for 15 years. Uh, really, really, that cryogenic thing. Whew, man. Yeah, I, that w- I'll never get into one of those chambers. I can tell you that. Well, and, you just have to wear the proper footwear. Well, I'll never get in that because you know, yeah, if it's not I would like hate, you work out if you're if you if your foot. Wait, oh, I believe you slipped in a jab <laughs> on me right there. You know. Of course. You obviously have not been paying attention to this fine-tuned body, but. <laughs> You know, it's in there somewhere. Speaking of fine-tuned bodies, I remember <laughs> um, the the two people that stuck out from me to me from last year's Hard Knocks was the coach that had, you know, the belly that every time he said like Hut, it would just <laughs> kind of go up oh, and yeah. down. Oh yeah, yeah, the fat um, dude. Yeah. Okay. Well, I wasn't gonna call him that. Jeez, oh JD. okay. Well, you, then, uh, okay. You're talking about his belly, so you're pretty much saying the fat dude. Yeah, but I didn't want to say it directly. Anyway, moving oh, on. Okay. Uh, also, the the 
Devin Kajust or whatever, he had all his crystals that he had like beliefs in different crystals and he was big into like meditation and the power of crystals. I just thought it was, mm. it was very interesting, but I haven't seen, uh, this most recent episode, but I, in the first one, their facility out there in Napa looks crazy. I mean, you're already in Napa, which is awesome. You have great weather, uh, great surroundings and stuff like that. And then you see their weight room and their weight rooms, like looking out on their practice field. It was it's pretty cool. Well, their facility there is is you know one of the reasons they're leaving Oakland is because the stadium was really really below par. Right. So um you know that would be because if you got a, a summer vacation home that's better than the place that you're staying, mm -hmm. then <laughs> then that's probably one of the reasons you're going. Um, I don't blame them. It's, yeah, it is a, a fantastic looking place, a great place to to work out and get your team together. Um. You know, there are pros and cons to that. You hear some people saying if it's too plush, a team gets soft. Mm -hmm. I know that was the, you know, the word against the Saints when they were at the Greenbrier in West Virginia. And, and look, that those things to me have absolutely positively no relation to one another. Yeah. Uh, if a team's good, it doesn't matter where they work out. If they're bad, it doesn't matter where they train. Mm -hmm. um, and so, unfortunately for the Saints, those three years, they had a team, you know, had teams that were not – great teams and a lot of it too um depends on uh, and what makes a great team okay here's here's the difference between a great team and, and an okay team okay break it down great teams win close games mm. yeah. <laughs> um and so that's the difference between i mean i think sean payton said it you know that could be the difference between 13 and 3 or 9 and 7 or 7 and 9 uh you win Four games that are close that went the other way the previous year, and that's the difference between a division champ and a team that's last in the division. It's just that simple. If you can close out games in the NFL, because most games are going to be close. Yeah. Um, the parity is real. Most games are going to be within a touchdown, eight points at the end. And so if you can pull out those close games, you'll be a good team. And the Saints weren't able to do that. And if the Raiders aren't able to do that, it won't matter if they tra if they tra if they train in Napa or if they train in Oakland or if they train in Vegas or if they train in Booty. It won't matter if they don't win close games. It won't matter. They won't be a good team. I don't want to get into like the health and sciences of it, but when you talk about these teams who are staying at like colleges and guys have to sleep on like twin beds that are pushed together, that has to have some kind of effect on players. I mean, you are banging your body around for five plus hours every single day for an entire month. And then you're going to sleep on this two inch thick mattress that you pushed together. Yeah, but, Come old, on. but guys in the old days did. And I mean, I know I sound like, you know, get off yeah, my but lawn. That's everyone. And, that's every, yeah. everyone did it. Now it's yeah. like, there's an, I but, don't want to say but, not level playing surface. Well, there's plenty of level playing. surface. if you, if, if that's the route a team chooses, it's because they want to go that route. Ugh. They feel like it, you know, psychologically toughens up a team. Uh, there's, something to be said psychologically i believe for the saints training in the heat yeah. i'm sure they feel like that gives them an advantage even though the saints don't play any door games outdoors in New in louisiana <laughs> and when yeah. they and if they play outside in this kind of heat it would have to be either tampa or miami early in the season probably or maybe carolina and they don't play any in atlanta's got a dome uh, they play tampa late in the season so you know but psychologically when you get through it it's that adversity that you get when you're hot, hotter than you used used to be in, um, and you've got to push through. And that's where I think coaches want to say, okay, can he can he hold up mentally? Where's his fundamentals? Uh, where's his technique? Because 
you know, I, I don't know who it was. Maybe it was Teddy Roosevelt. I can't remember exactly who it was who said, you know, fatigue makes cowards of us all. That's as true a statement as there ever was. When you get tired, you start slipping and you start taking shortcuts and you're just trying to get to the finish line however you can. And so you and you see it with sprinters, you know, when those guys get tired down the end or, or, or distance runners, maybe maybe 800 or so. When those guys get down to the end, and they're trying to get to the finish line and they're tired. Their form completely flies out the window. You don't have to tell me to watch sprinters. I know it from personal experience. I mean, I why run do you don't two, sprint? I run two seconds and like as I'm, as okay. I'm near that end of two seconds, I'm like, oh, man, I'm tired. Yeah. My form yeah. Just goes See, crazy. that's what happens when you're not a fine tuned athlete like me. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, but when the Saints coaches put those guys out there in that heat, they want to see how they hold up. And if you can hold, they figure, they figure, okay, if they can hold up in this in July, August in Metairie, Louisiana, when the heat index is 110, he should be able to hold up on a domed field uh, in, you know, wherever in October. And so psychologically, I believe they feel like that's an advantage. And to be honest with you, I kind of feel like it's an advantage. And again, not to say that the Greenbrier uh, was a plush thing that, that worked against the Saints. I think the Saints obviously have a better team now. But I think that that added layer of mental toughness where guys have that bonding experience where everybody's tired. Mm-hmm. Everybody's ticked off. Everybody's mad with the coaches. I think it does. There is something to be said for that bond being formed right there. Well, I guess we'll see if the proof is in the pudding. Um, J.D., you are traveling to L.A. a little bit later today. The Saints will probably have walkthrough meetings and then head uh, head out this afternoon. So tell me what songs are on your playlist if you are heading to California, as I said, because I feel cool. Um, and you're headed to California, so they have it has to have California in the title. What is your top? See, I don't know two if this guy's California in the title, but I mean, I, and I can't remember the name of the song. I'm bad. You can I'm, sing it. It's I'm okay. really bad about, but you know, Tupac can you know, you know, California knows how to party. You know, that's the song right there. I know the name of it. I just want to I can't say, remember the name of it. It's California Love. Yeah, I was just looking for it in my playlist, and it's not in there. And I'm like, okay, did I delete this by mistake or something? Because it's right. I, I knew it had California you know in there. Any other songs? Like, any other songs with California? No, nah, nothing like but the Beach Boys or something like that. Okay, I, well, yeah. there is the Beach Boys. There's also but California Girls by Katy Perry. Uh, no. There's Hotel California. Who's that, Glenn Fry? I, it said the Welcome Eagles, but I Oh, yeah, Glenn okay. Fry and the Eagles. Okay. Uh, sorry, that's a little before my time. Yeah, so. way before your time. Okay. So you just dug something up on Google is what no, you did. No, I know the song. <laughs> I just didn't know the artist. And then uh, Going Back to Cali by Biggie. Oh yeah, that's that's a winner. That's a winner. Yeah. But you know, I'm I'm California love. That's I mean, that's you know, you play you that one. You didn't know the name of the song. It Don't act. You like ain't got to know the name of the song to know that it is on the playlist. Whatever. I just can't you find just it. Said right it was. Now. <laughs> no, I don't know what happened to it. It just fell out of something. Now I got to go and re-add it. Whatever. All right, so let's get into this uh, Chargers versus Saints. Um, you know, as they're heading there, we've heard from Sean Payton. We've heard from several players. Sean Payton said, you know, they can essentially script out what they want to see and who they want to see do it um, in these practices. And you get reps from guys that you might not be able to see reps from when you're going with your own guys and you're going against other guys. So um, what should we expect? You know, we talked a little bit about it on Monday. What should we expect from just Thursday's practice? Uh, Thursday's practice will be highly competitive. Um, that's been the trend the last, the previous two years when they worked out against the Chargers. The Thursday practice is really the money practice where guys are really, really getting after it. So, and those reps 
on Thursday and, and I guess to a degree on Friday for a lot of those players um, are better reps than they might get in the actual preseason game because, it, you know, if Drew Brees plays in the preseason game, it's the second preseason game, he might play a series, maybe maybe a half a quarter, mm-hmm. maybe. Let's say he plays two series. That might be um, 12, 15, 18 plays, maybe, maybe. But in practice, getting those reps against that defense, he'll get, you know, many more reps than that. And they'll be semi-live. Now, there won't be a live pass rush where you can take guy to the ground, but it's still very, very competitive in terms of pass blocking and in terms of, you know, guys working one-on-one as receivers and those kinds of things. So, to me, a lot of that, that's a lot more valuable, actually, than that actual preseason game. For evaluation purposes, you want to see guys like Emmanuel Butler, who we have not seen, like, against another team. We hadn't seen him in a preseason game. We want to see him. But if he has good practices, that might, you know, actually show up more so than in in the actual game. Because you get in the game, and a guy can do everything that he's supposed to do. Nine guys, ten guys can do everything they're supposed to do. But if one guy has a bust, it could blow up the whole play. So now all of a sudden, Emmanuel Butler's running the route. He's wide open, but the quarterback can't get it to him because the quarterback's on the ground because the left guard uh, got beat. You know, so, you know, a lot of things it's hard to evaluate from that standpoint, from the naked eye. And that's why coaches always say, you know, I got to go back and look at the film because we'll look and say, oh, the guy didn't have a catch. Well, the guy was open five times and he just didn't have a chance to give him the ball or he went in another direction, threw it to someone else. But that guy still won his rep. So those are the things that you you look for in the game. But the practice. They'll be extremely competitive. Um, you like to see the one-on-one pass rush drills because, you know, we don't always get a chance to see those up close and personal here at practice because sometimes they're on a, a different uh, an opposite end of the field where we can't really get to. But out here in, in California, we'll be able to get up close and personal and see those drills. And, of course, we'll see the one-on-ones with the, you know, with the receivers and the D-backs. And, you know, we'll get to, uh, get a chance to see, you know, some, some Saints cornerback play against – Chargers receivers. Chargers have some really, really good receivers. We found that out last year. They've got some really good receivers, so that's going to be good and competitive. Chargers have a really good defense, and that's going to be good and competitive from the Saints because the Saints have, I would say, two, maybe three, but two for sure known commodities as receivers. That's Michael Thomas and that's Jared Cook at tight end. So here's where Emmanuel Butler gets a chance to show up a little bit. Uh, Simi Cobbs, who's been having good practices here. Let's see how he does against the Chargers. Uh, Ted Ginn Jr., we know Ted can do some things. Let's see, you know, how Ted holds up because Ted, you know, had a couple of vet days and that kind of thing. But we know kind of know what Ted can do. But some of these younger guys have some opportunities. Is Keith Kirkwood going to be back on the field? We don't know because he really needs to get back out there and get some valuable reps. Uh, Dan Arnold, who's, you know, has some flashes at tight end. We'll see him make a fantastic play like the touchdown he had against Minnesota. And then, you know, he has the bobble that he kicks up in the air and Minnesota returns it for a touchdown. Right. You know, he's got to get some consistency. And sometimes, you know, those kinds of plays or that kind of consistency can be developed through these kinds of practices because they're highly competitive. And he knows he's got to play. You know, he, he knows he's got to be consistent. He can't give you that kind of wild swing where, you know, you know, you score one, but you give one to the other team. So, you know, those will be the things that will be worth looking for. You know, how will the Saints DBs, again, ha- handle the Chargers really good receivers, especially the younger guys, uh, C.J. Gardner-Taylor. Gardner-Johnson. I, I want to call we, him Gardner-Taylor. We I, always mess up his C.J. Gardner-Johnson <laughs> will be out there. Uh, and he came in high, highly touted, but – 
I would say for my money, from the naked eye, I'm not in the film sessions, but it looked like Saquon Hampton had kind of nudged ahead in terms of production as a rookie safety. So can CJ, you know, do some of the things that he's been brought here to do? Eric McCoy's going to get some really valuable reps uh, live against a, a good defensive line. So, you know, those things I'll, I'll really be looking forward to seeing. So you covered practice and, and you covered a little bit of the games. What's the biggest difference between preseason game one and preseason game two? Because one, you didn't really know what to expect. You were just kind of looking at some of the guys. Preseason game two, you're having these joint practices. From a coaching perspective, are you throwing out the same plays, the same schemes that you're going to th- throw out in the game? What What are you yeah. looking for in preseason game two? Preseason game two is, is still going to be just as vanilla as game one. Okay. Now, guys – have a, especially the younger guys and the rookies have a better understanding of the speed of the NFL because in practice they might go three quarters, they might go full, but it's not the same as when you got pads on and you're trying to knock a guy's head off and he's trying to knock your head off. So that's a different kind of game speed, and I think they'll be a little bit better acclimated to it. But in terms of scheming, you don't want to show your hand. You don't want to give anybody anything in preseason that you're going to be doing in the regular season. So it's still mostly technique work. Um, what – have guys been taught, and can they apply it? If you see some, you know, double reverses or, you know, flea flickers in preseason, you know, then, you know, teams are kind of looking at the opponent like, come on, really? Right. I mean, because nobody's really out there. You know, you're basically working on your fundamentals. The final score is nice. You know, you like to win anytime they light up the scoreboard, but it's more about the development. And and for the Saints, you know, your main characters – probably won't be that visible in this game either. I don't expect – if Drew Brees plays, I don't expect to see a lot of him because Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill are the guys who need the reps at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Thomas, I don't necessarily know if we'll see a lot of him. He doesn't need the reps at receiver. You know, Cam Jordan at defensive end didn't play against Minnesota. It wouldn't shock me if he didn't play in this game because of the joint practices. He'll get just as valuable a work right there and you don't go out there and put yourself to the hazard in the game. But he doesn't need the reps. Trey Hendrickson needs them more than he does. So it wouldn't surprise me to see the the principal characters not play at all or certainly not play much in this second preseason game too because, again, it's, it's still dealing with fundamentals. If you were to pick one player that you'd like to see stand out just this week, if you would Marcus like to Davenport. see – Marcus Davenport. Okay. <laughs> Marcus Davenport. I want to see him. And not that he played badly against Minnesota – but he need. I want to see him jump off the page, right. uh, so to speak. I want to see him uh, dominate the left tackle for for San Diego, San Diego, Los Angeles, the Chargers. <laughs> and that doesn't mean, and that can be either in the live drill, in a in the drills, uh, the the joint practices, or the game, or the preseason game. Doesn't matter to me. But I want to see him jump off jump off the page a little bit more for me defensively because he's playing a position where they're going to need some production. Uh, again, across that defensive line, we know, you know, you know Cam Jordan. You can kind of pencil him in for what you what you feel like you're going to get. Malcolm Brown and Mario Edwards Jr. are at least veterans, so you have an idea. Marcus is still the guy who's got the intrigue, even though we saw pieces of him last year. But we want to see him whole and healthy and see him get after it because, again, he's got some fantastic talents. Mm-hmm. You just want to see it come to fruition on the field and you know so yeah if, if, if there's a guy that I'm going to be looking at a little bit closer it'll probably probably be Marcus Davenport. I think a lot of Saints fans are, are keeping a close eye on him as well as Eric McCoy this year. Um, 
All right, J.D., we'll go ahead and let you catch your flight. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, We'll catch up again on Friday as you are in Los Angeles. I'm a little bit jealous, but I'll try not to. uh, Well, technically, it's not L.A. We're going to be in Costa Mesa is where we're staying. And then I think um, and maybe a little bit of Carson. So, I mean, you know, it's going to be difficult. I mean, I think the highs are going to be like low 80s, and then it's going to drop down to 65. And somebody's going to have to tough it out, and I'm just – you know, I was drafted for this assignment. I didn't really volunteer for okay. it, but somebody's got to do these things. And unfortunately, it, it, I guess it's going to have to be me along with the, these other guys. But, I mean, it's going to be difficult to, to, deal, to deal with. I've never been to California, so bring me back some stuff. You've Sanders. never been to California? Nope. Wow. Yep. It's tough, you know. You would have thought you would have packed me in your suitcase or drug me along, but I guess not. guess I don't mean that much to you. Well, I mean, I wouldn't go in. I mean, they're making me go. I, otherwise, I would not be going. I'm, I would, I'd be staying here, and then I got no problem being here in the heat. Whatever. <laughs> All right, well, we look forward to uh, your analysis from practice this week as well as the joint quarterback challenges uh, coming up this week with Drew Brees and I'm Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. Yep, and the go. rest of the quarterback entourages right completely blank on his name um so make sure you go to neworleansaints.com to check out those full videos as well as at saints on social media and the saints app to check out all of the coverage including interviews and highlights and again we'll remind you to sign up for the saints 5k kickoff run coming up here pretty soon you can go to saints5k.com to register for that that is always a fun event that mrs benson kicks off the year with uh, for Caroline Gonzalez, John DeShazer, thanks for joining us on this Wednesday episode of the New Orleans Saints podcast.